Okay, we are recording. Cool. So welcome, everybody. Um, we are back at it again in the midst of some quarantine. <laughs> My name is Adam Cross. I'm Daniel Johnson. And uh, yeah, we are talking about some more good stuff today in the realm of Catholicism and therapy, combining those two worlds. So um, yeah. So I thought we could talk a little bit about masculinity um and that's a pretty broad topic but maybe also a kind of a controversial one these past couple of years um but mostly because i am running or i'm beginning to run a disciple group for for young guys at our parish um so it's not a therapy group it's it's ministry based um and really i think what came to mind when i started thinking about this group was what do I want guys to know about masculinity? And it really, it really started out kind of difficult for me. I was like, where do I begin? You know, like, where do I begin with a group of guys informing that community, but also focusing in on masculinity? It's kind of hard. And I yes, think it's very hard. Yeah. Um, nowadays it's, it's harder. Yeah. And, and, you know, so there's, well, okay, so there's this easy dichotomy you could build between kind of, you know, stereotypical 1950s masculinity, which is, you know, kind of the, the bugaboo of the left. And mm -hmm. then there's, you know, you could, which has all of its exaggerations with it. So I, I think people are right to find a degree to object to, to that kind of caricature is probably um, of masculinity. But at the same time, um, once we've kind of jettisoned that model, um, we're left with no guideposts, no nothing specific, mm -hmm. no nothing to concretely um, uh, use to to kind of guide men in um, being who and what they are. Yeah, and and maybe it it starts off with you know, maybe the right place to start off with is the question, you know, um, you know, what makes men different mm -hmm. than women, I guess, is part of that question. But also, even before that, there's the question of just what makes a good person. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. does the answer to that, you know, what makes a good person, is that somehow specified or differentiated by the genders in any meaningful mm -hmm. way? And, you're right. It's a hard question, principally because we have we've jettisoned whatever model we have, and and now we have no way to guide us in in mm -hmm. in answering that question. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's the first problem I see is there's just no guidepost. Yeah, and I started off just looking up some videos on YouTube on masculinity from a Catholic perspective. Um, I got some interesting results. Uh, one of them, well, I guess I'll start with a non-Catholic one. One I just typed in toxic masculinity for the fun of it. Um, and I found a video that, um, it, like you're saying, it, it's talking about all the forms of toxic masculinity there are, right? Violence, aggression, um, like a need for dominance. Uh, inability to show weakness or show emotion. So like, yes, those, those things don't make a good man. Right. But the video also never 
talked about what masculinity actually was. It was just saying these are all these components of the toxic masculinity. Um, but it never pointed into a correct version, right? It was just kind of like, eh, maybe just, you know, be more feminine or maybe just be more emotional. But, um, but, but that that's was, implied. Yeah. That, that's never, there's no clear statement. There's no specific structure given. Yeah. Yeah. And as you, and as you mentioned, like one of the videos I, I found was Father Mike Schmitz did a men's conference. Um, I think it was in, in Virginia for a diocese. And he, I, I, didn't watch the entire thing, but the main thing he started off with was that as men, we typically, usually are thinking about where else we could be and something else we could be doing. And his whole thing was starting off with the first step in, in embracing our masculinity is really living in the present moment and taking up the responsibilities we have at hand which I was like, wow. And, and that going back to, you know, just being a, a better person, right? Being who we are supposed to be in this given moment. Um, it almost sounds too simple in the context of masculinity, but then to really think about it. And like you said, to think about how the, the genders really display that and express that responsibility and that role of even being in the present moment. Um, I thought it was a really interesting take. No, there, there's, it strikes me that there's some wisdom there. The, the question perhaps is less about how do I conform to this model or this ideal of masculinity? Um, and the question is more about how do I sort of incarnate uh, truth, beauty, and goodness in, in the present moment, given who and what I am? And, and that incarnation is going to be specified not only because I'm an individual, but also in some generic ways uh, based upon my gender or as, as a consequence of my gender. So the, the typically, there, I would speculate that there are, there's going to be some ge general characteristics of how a man is good or how a man witnesses to truth or expresses yeah. beauty in a way that's different, generally speaking, than the mm -hmm. way women express those things. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm still kind of in the abstract at this point, and I'm, I'm mm -hmm. having difficulty, though, bringing this down into a very concrete level, um, you know, kind of beginning once again to construct, you know, a new model to help mm -hmm. conform myself. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it is hard with taking into account, you know, our brokenness and original sin. I mean, I think part of the masculine nature is to to go, right? To um, to begin building and, and even creating. And I think that's in the image and likeness of God. What that looks like, though, is kind of confusing because, right, Adam and Eve fell. And Adam has to toil and work and labor um, in what could be really, really good now becomes something that is somewhat of a burden, something that is more difficult. But I think in using Christ as that model, as this redeemed Adam, that, that we are called to go, we are called to build um, in a very specific way, maybe. And that maybe that's something to explore more, but that, um, yeah, there is something different 
between men and women where men are called to go forth and to build and to protect and care for. Um, and I, I've been reading um, C.S. Lewis's Out of the Silent Planet um, space trilogy, which is really good. Um, and the second book, Paralandra, I won't, I don't want to do too many spoilers, but at the end of the book, you really get this image from C.S. Lewis of what, um, what man is supposed to look like if, if he hadn't fallen into sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is this image of a king and a king that has a role and a responsibility to care, protect, and I'd say build up the kingdom, um, which I really love. If, if, you haven't, if anybody hasn't read that book, it's awesome. It's called Paralandra, but it really shows um, at least C.S. Lewis's version of what uh, redeemed man or never fallen man would, should have looked like. No, I, you, you begin to hit on perhaps the, the way, the, perhaps the only way to begin to build a kind of template or model of masculinity, and that would be to have reference to the, the scriptural examples. So, mm-hmm. so Adam, um, we could certainly uh, draw similar uh, characteristics from Abraham, from you know, the, the various judges and prophets, King David, Solomon, yeah. but, you know, par excellence, of course, is the new Adam, the, the, yeah. the real king, Christ himself. And yeah, there, there is this um, going out of his place and uh, uh, creating something which is characteristic of uh, of all of these characters, and so there is there there's probably an essential dynamic to men going out of their place and and creating something or being part of a kind of co-creative experience. So of course you have um, Adam is drawn out of the ground. You have Abraham who is drawn out of his father's house. You have um, uh, David drawn out of his father's house and it takes a while to find him, but eventually he gets drawn out of the house. You know, we have to <laughs> yeah. go to the next valley or whatever and get through the other six kids, but we eventually draw him out of his father's house. Um, and it's interesting that even our Lord who, you know, he left his place. What, what's the phrase in Hebrews? You know, he, he did not, um, he did not grasp at equality with God or he did not count equality with God, something to be grasped at, but yeah. rather, humbled himself and took the form of a man. Uh, yeah, he left his place in heaven and became incarnated. But what is more is he left his household as well to go out and gather the disciples. Um, yeah. And then, you, you know, and, and then he returns ultimately, which is kind of maybe another element to this, uh, dare we say, masculine spirituality, this first yeah. leaving of your place and then relying on your resources your 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 virtues your habits your characteristics your spirituality to engage in creation to to um you know and then then you brought up those other characteristics the protection the um the the caring for and those kind of become natural extensions of leaving your place you gather around Mm -hmm. yourself certain people that you have to care for uh, Abraham had, you know, his his brother's household and and a whole household of a village practically following him around. To say nothing yeah. of the kind of care that David or any of the judges have of the people. Uh, not only are they 
going out of their place, but they are engaging with people in the new place to to help them conform to the image of God, to to the experience of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you have Christ as the bridegroom and the church as the bride. And right, St. Paul calls men to to die for their wives, die for, you know, those they loved. And yeah, so kind of this leading up to Christ as this example of masculinity. Um, And I think we can get stuck because society right now in a lot of ways is really objecting to any type of traditional um, gender roles, right? If it looks anything like classical masculinity, it's even if it's not toxic, I think it's it's thrown away. Um, even you know, and and same thing with femininity, right? Like there there is toxic masculinity. There's aspects of masculine, or there is wrongly lived masculinity that is toxic. But um, but there are parts that we do need to reassess and embrace, right? Like there is a a kingship that is a part of masculinity that is really essential to who we were made to be, right? I mean, we've fallen, but, but we are called to be, to be kings in that, in, in sharing in that with Christ. Um, but it's hard because a lot of people look at that as exclusionary to, to queenship or to non-kingship. Right. Um, no, it's, it's this, yeah. this, this um, fallacy that if mm-hmm. there's um, a difference, therefore it's impossible to have some kind of equality, you know, yeah. if there's any sort of distinction and you follow that as, as far as you can, you know, then, you know, even you and I who are, you know, straight white males, we can't possibly be equal or the same mm-hmm. because we're on, on at least some level, we have a distinction. You know, and yeah. it gets kind of absurd. Whereas, you know, all things being equal, you and I, you know, broadly speaking, have a pretty um, similar experience. You know, we have some content which is different. I went to seminary. I don't think you did. Um, yeah. You know, you're married. I'm not. But so there are some distinctions there. But no, it's um, yeah, and th- and that's kind of the one of the dangers with this question is. Um, or, or one of the difficulties with this question is what we are talking about is very much in the broad and in the abstract, you know, um, Aristotle had this common phrase, you know, uh, ethics is about things that happen always or for the most part, you know, usually this is the case, but there's going to be exceptions and, and no place is that more true than, than when you try to categorize human beings. But, yeah, looking to the, the scriptural models um, and then that notion of going out and co-creating. But that doesn't mean that women are any less mm-hmm. co-creators. I mean, yeah. it, to be, it, it, I mean, uh, it's quite obvious that in a yeah. much more literal sense that yeah. <laughs> women are co-creators. I mean, the, yeah. we, we're tenders of a garden, women. I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that women have a much more intimate role in the act of creation than men do. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> physically creating and giving of themselves. I mean, it's, you can't get 
<laughs> much more creative than that. Um, no, and yeah. I mean, uh, you know, uh, at the risk of descending too far into the, the concrete here, I mean, man's act of co-creation is, again, a going out of himself mm -hmm. and into another place at which creation takes place, a kind of co-creation takes place within a woman. Um, yeah. And maybe that's as concrete as we need to get. But, you know, even on the biological level, there's this um, man's co-creation takes place, you know, mm -hmm. outside of himself or outside of his yeah. place. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it doesn't happen within us. <laughs> no. It, on that same level, and, yeah. It's just as Abraham has to leave his father's house, so too, yeah. you know, creation takes place, you know, mm -hmm. the creation of the family in a, in a physical sense takes place within a, a woman, a, a different yeah. place than the man, so. Yeah. Yeah, and I think well, it's interesting, I mean, and, and I've read attachment theory books that try to, try to understand the difference between men and women, um, Precisely from that, starting with that as a perspective, you know, you know, testosterone, which is the major biological difference between men and women, causes things to go out of men. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, uh, you know, gonads are gonads until you have testosterone, <laughs> and then then they yeah. go outside of you. Mm -hmm. um, so, but. Uh, yeah. No, it's an interesting thing. And then that testosterone kicks in in teenage years, and that's when boys get unruly and, and punch walls and go outside of themselves. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's this, even on the biological level, I think this mm -hmm. is a really important um, dynamic to understand that, you know, whether it's physical as, you know, while we're gestating or while we're procreating or while we're, um, talking about our spirituality, there is this dynamic of leaving your place and mm. going out into create into creation to to build something. Yeah, absolutely. And we see that right with with Jesus building the church and giving himself for the church, and even just the apostles, right? The apostles being sent in that same way to build this church, not only physically but but spiritually. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm also reading it right now. Um, leisure, the basis of society by, uh, Joseph Piper, culture. German ba the basis of culture. Oh, sorry. It's culture. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, it's interesting cause he, he's definitely reminding me in this book that man is, is not just physical, right? We don't buy into the scientism that there's only the physical, but man is also not just spiritual right that we are both right body and soul right and kind of that that meeting point of the mind too and it's i i think it's easy for society nowadays to look at the physical and say like oh well what what can we do to be a man what let's just check off those boxes right like oh do i need these parts well modern science can make that happen <laughs> debatably but debatably but, yeah. but there's also this spiritual and even just like you said, that more abstract side of masculinity that we might try to avoid, right? It's easy to try to check off those boxes, right? Like I'm going to buy a car. I'm a man, right? I'm going to, you know, I don't know, whatever it is, whatever that rite of passage is, which can be really good things, but it's also more than just that, that physical action. It's, it's, there's an essence to this masculinity that can't be, 
what's a good word? <laughs> can't be as transferred or as imitated, I would say. It, it can to an extent, but it's not, it's not going to be fully grasped or um, imitated if, if it's not really a part of that person. Um, and that's a whole other controversial yes. topic. <laughs> but <laughs> it is, but it, it's also very much a, a living part of the conversation right now surrounding the debate of transgenderism is that, yeah. okay, you got your parts, you, you, mm -hmm. you, know, you bought your upgrade, but you didn't go through the trials that teenage boys go through. You didn't go through learning how to relate to opposite gendered parents the way we do. You didn't go through the bullying. You didn't go through the kind of hierarchical exchange that men have. You know, that is a, a serious part of the debate is really how feminine can these people be or how masculine can they be if they didn't go through the, the, the concomitant uh, psychological mm -hmm. development that is unique yeah. to masculinity or femininity. To say nothing of the spiritual development. I mean, mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's a, well, well, and it's just an observation. I don't quite know how to articulate this as, yeah. as a set of rules, but the spirituality of men and women is also different. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah. That's something which people, um, but it's just an observation at this point, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so no, I mean, that's, that's a very real objection to this whole process or this mm -hmm. whole ideology. Yeah. And the question is, you know, what, how does it feel to be a man? I mean, first of all, men can only guess at that because we all have. Well, and that's my observation with beings. this whole thing. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know what it means to feel to be a man, Yeah, you know, and I don't exactly. know what that it doesn't strike me as one of the things about which I feel, uh, yeah. you know, I feel angry. I feel sad. I don't feel man or woman, you know? <laughs> I mean, yes. And that's one of the common critiques of transgenderism versus modern feminism, right? To feel like a woman is to completely minimize femininity to feelings, right? If a man says, well, I feel like a woman, well, then he's put all of, you know, womanhood in a tiny little box that he can feel. Um, and I think the same thing goes for masculinity that maybe we don't talk about it in the same way, right? Because meninism is very uh, controversial <laughs> down on, right? But there is an aspect of looking at that side and say, what does it feel like to be a man? Um, which, yeah, is very, there's themes. There might be some rites of passage, but not easily as definable. Um, so I, I think the other part of this conversation too is, you know, we're not looking at necessarily what do I do to become a man, but how can we live out our masculinity in maybe some practical ways, um, still considering the spiritual, um, and just even the essence of it. How can we live out our masculinity? What do you think? Right. And... See, it's an interesting question because um, while you separate off the rites of passage or the, the developments into manhood, um, I think what's important about those is that those often instruct boys how to live out their masculinity. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, the, the, you know, getting married and having a family, uh, for example, comes with it a whole host of um, attitudes and behaviors that are required to make that a healthy functioning thing. 
in society, which all of which is living out one's masculinity. Um, so too with, you know, entering the workplace, uh, you know, in order to be a good worker, to say nothing of a good entrepreneur, you have this whole host of, of virtues and skills that you have to draw on in order to uh, do that well. Mm -hmm. And I think probably, you know, uh, there are certainly two ways of looking at this. You can look at the, the goal, you know, what does it mean to be a man? But you can look at the process of getting to that goal as well. And um, done right, the process teaches all of this. But yeah. to, to answer the discrete question, you know, how do we live out our masculinity? It seems to me that that, um, it seems to me that the degree to which we are caring for others, whether that's as a boss as a father, as a spiritual leader, a coach, a teacher, some kind of uh, yeah. what is contemporarily called an aloe parent. Um, I think the degree to which we are caring for others, and this fits, you know, yeah. not that he, not that he was making gender distinctions, but Erickson's final stage, right? You know, um, uh, you know, gender, uh, you know, take all of those stages involve some kind of caring for others, mm. some kind of, you know, providing to the next generation. Although I don't think he would make gender distinctions with that kind of development, but mm -hmm. you know, so that to me is at least one of the first questions you have to ask yourself is how are you caring for others? How are you mm -hmm. providing and, and helping all of these other people conform to the divine image that, that yeah. strikes me as a place to start. I don't know if that's yeah. sufficient, but no, I, I think that's, yeah, as, I would say a general theme that's spot on, right? When we're talking about um, Adam and and Christ and this this call to care and kind of pick up this role and responsibility, um, and that might that might be where Father Mike is getting to, um, really to say that wherever we are, right? That that our call is to do what we're doing well. Right, even if it is to, in a moment, listen or to be present. Um, and I think, for me as a as a teen and young adult, this answer would have been really dissatisfying. <laughs> it's like, okay, but what do I do? <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I'd be responsible, but what do I do? Um, and that I think that's hard for guys, especially because it's like, okay, but I if I just do something, like, can can we break it down? But so I think what I'm hearing is well, that on one level, you know, yeah, I mean, on one level, what do you do? I mean, you get a job and you yeah. finish your schoolwork <laughs> and you take care of your mom and dad or, or your wife and kids. I mean, yeah. yeah. Does it need to be more specific than that? Perhaps. Yeah. Well, yes, of course it does. Um, but um, the problem with a conversation like this versus a conversation I would have with a client you know, or life coach client or something is I can get specific about, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, the, their wife and their kids or their music career versus their carpentry career or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. You can get more specific like that. But yeah, yeah I mean, the, the, the broad question is, you know, well, and, and you point out that the problem for you would have been as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And, and I've brought this up 
a couple other times in the course of our conversations, but it seems to me that um, we have, uh, as a society, so tremendously delayed uh, the rites of passage, as you, as, as you say, um, such that teenagers are rightly frustrated. Yeah. I think they are because their entrance into adulthood has been has been delayed um, uh, unnecessarily yeah. delayed. <laughs> Almost, <double>. you know. <laughs> I mean, and, and I brought this example up before. Yeah. I mean, Johnny Tremaine was as a as a fourteen year old. He mm-hmm. was in the same position most thirty two year olds finally are in. You yeah. know, he's about to get married and inherit a family business. You know, yeah. Um, and and he was taking yeah. care of himself and other people. Absolutely. So. Right. The biological side of it is, <laughs> you know, it, it solves a lot of our present day problems. Right. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think that's, it's true. And yeah, um, it is. So I, I totally lost my train of thought. I saw some guy. No, it, I mean, <laughs> and well, it's, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I, I think teenagers are denied a psychologically necessary uh, yeah. responsibility, psychologically necessary role. And, you know, it's an yeah. interesting thing. We have, um, we've almost front loaded the life of leisure into people's mm-hmm. first 20 years of their life. I mean, the kind of meditation and the kind of um, discipline it takes to be a good student mm-hmm you know, was typically reserved to, you know, people in their 30s and 40s or, or people, you know, at the end of their life would have the opportunity to become wise men. Instead, for some reason, we've taken the first 23 years of a person's life and said, hey, no responsibilities, go read and write some interesting papers. And, you know, don't <laughs> yeah. get in trouble on social media and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, by doing that, we've really retarded in in the literal sense of the term we've slowed down people's ability to you know engage with other people become responsible adults provide for other people take on a burden that is useful to yourself and to others and we've we've collapsed it into this this premature life of leisure for these kids yeah and yeah and that makes a lot of sense and i think these rites of passage right? They, they come with a level of responsibility that maybe we have kind of dumbed down a lot where it's just like, oh, here's a new toy or here's something, you know, you can say you, you've done, but that these rights are important in the sense, the essence of the matter is you're taking that responsibility on, you're, you're caring for that. Um, and that's a big part of it and something I think we have lost. So, kind of going back to that general masculinity is living in the present moments and really taking responsibility for the task at hand. And I think part of that is, is life in general. We have a lot of tasks that are given to us (laughs) just by life, right? By circumstances, by family, by calls. It's not to be a man isn't to go out and find your own task and make our own way. But part of it is to, accept what we are given and to do that well. I know Jordan Peterson talks a lot about that and just even waking up and making our bed, right? That mm-hmm. little action, how that can, you know, ripple effects into taking that accountability, um, I think is huge. So it's, 
yeah, it's taking that responsibility in the present moment that can really shape our masculinity. And as we're talking about spirituality, the essence of masculinity, we can't always put it into words. Sometimes it is, it is there, especially when we're, we're taking those actions. Um, that's pretty abstract, but I think it's the essence is, is there. Well, and, and, you know, you and I have been struggling this whole conversation between the abstract and the practical. Yeah. And, you know, one barrier to the practical is that we really do need to know all the individual details of a person's life. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, Jordan Peterson does ask the exact right question, you know, take a minute after you've made your bed, sit on your bed mm-hmm. and ask yourself what needs to be done. And a whole host of things are going to pop into your mind very quickly. Everything from cleaning the room to, you know, building a fortune 500 company, you know, they're all going to come (laughs) to mind. And yeah, you know, you do the little bit you can today towards all of those goals and you, you know, rein in some of the chaos to continue using his language and you establish some order. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's precisely the same image in the garden. I mean, Anybody who has taken on a garden knows it takes about 48 hours before chaos slips in there. Um, Or (laughs) I I was always fascinated by this. Um, uh, So Dante's Paradiso, you know, Dante Mm -hmm. is flying through heaven and and talking to folks along the way before he gets to go meet our lady and our Lord. And Mm -hmm. one of the people he talks to is Adam. Mm -hmm. And he has two questions for Adam. And one question is, what was the original name for God? That you, what was the personal name you knew him by? And the other one was, how long did it take before the fall? And I've always been struck by this. It's six hours is the answer. <laughs> you know, it takes about six hours before chaos enters your garden and you got to deal with something. You know? yeah. <laughs> I always thought that was interesting because our days are pretty well divided into you know, six-hour mm-hmm. increments. You know, work is about that long. Our leisure on either end is about that long. Sleep is about that long. So it's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, it, I mean, my point is that, yeah, once you have, you know, this, this, this little corner of heaven in your life, you got to defend mm-hmm. it and, and hopefully build on it. You know, whether that's your yeah. family, your monastery, your, your uh, one-bedroom apartment, you know, whatever it is that you have as kind of the the um, physical expression of your masculinity, you got to defend it and build on it mm-hmm. and perpetuate it and bring it more and more and more in line with the divine image. Yeah. And I think, yeah, part of that image of the garden and Adam too is embracing that sonship, right? It's when we wake up and we make our bed and we think, what do I need to do today? We could be flooded. Um, but part of it is also inviting God into that. Maybe the mess, you know, maybe the weeds that are popping up and saying, and having that level of discernment and openness to God and say, okay, God, what, what am I called to do? Um, and part of that sonship really is, you know, like Christ on the cross is that obedience and, so, and saying yes to God and asking him to help us figure out what we are doing. Um, it's not just, you know, sometimes we think discernment is, well, am I supposed to be a priest or am I supposed to get married? Um, but I think it can and should be just a general openness to seeing how God is speaking to us. Um, so part of that masculinity is, is just hearing God and making time for God and helping us within that list that can build up and, and to get practical. So not just stay in there, but 
God actually helps us to be pretty practical when we, I think, when we're open, right? It's, it, it, it does. Well, and, and that's precisely the image. I mean, that's precisely the image in, in chapter one of Genesis, right? You know, Adam's not just tending the garden. He's having a conversation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, you know, when the fall happens, that's part of the imagery there. You know, the conversation had stopped. And that, that's yeah. part of, of the struggle there, part of the fall. Is that yeah. we Adam cut himself off from that relationship mm-hmm. and from the expression of that relationship through conversation. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's it's an important thing that yes, it's not, you know, I mean Jordan Peterson at the end of the day, he's the little way for seculars, right? You know, yeah. um, he's he's asking himself these questions, but yeah, he's not bringing God into the into mm-hmm. the he's not bringing a personal relationship with the divine. Yes. In, yeah into that dynamic but you're precisely right that's exactly what the 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 catholic spirituality is all about is Mm -hmm. you know you're having that contention with chaos and order but Mm -hmm. that contention is personalized in you know the person of christ the father the holy spirit contending against you know matters natural propensity to fall apart you know Mm -hmm. to 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 cease to be um uh to, to move away from see who is, you know, the, to, to disintegrate apart from the, I am who am. And now I'm just getting, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm yeah. mixing a little too much here, but I, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. That, that ma- part of masculinity is that relationship with God, um, that we are reflecting a part of God that we can't just, we can't always grasp at. Right being a man is not wearing a tie, but it is part of being a man, right? It's not, yeah, it's not having short hair, right? That's not the definition of masculinity, but could be a part of it. It won't be after this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No haircuts. So there is a part of masculinity that it it can be frustrating, but that we can't grasp and put under a microscope that our world often demands. And there is, this spiritual aspect of, of having that relationship with God who further reveals our relationship with ourselves as men. Um, so yeah, kind of coming back to that relationship, that present moment, saying yes to God in the small things we do and taking up that responsibility. I think that's a beautiful way to look at masculinity and it's not always practical. It's not always utilitarian, right? It's not always going to, produce something for us but you know reflecting god being in the presence of god and really getting to the core of that masculine parts of ourselves and god um that's yeah that's worth worth looking at and worth reflecting and chewing more on i like this this is a good conversation (laughs) so no it is and and to the to the question of you know and, and maybe a good way to round this off is uh, for your men's group, really kind of, you know, as practical as we can get, maybe what are, you know, the, the three or the five essential parts of, of being a man, you know, what, what is, what does that look like concretely for people? Um, and, and for me, it would be something like, uh, you know, conforming to a regular schedule, uh, something like, um, you know, daily prayer, and probably something along the lines of, you know, have I uh, made some movement towards my my 
long-term goals in my life, you know, my business or my family or something like that, you know, what um, efforts am I making to accomplish those things? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's having that, that self-respect, um, that relationship with God and care for others in, in being able to build and, and create. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And that, and yeah, it is hard to get super practical unless we're talking to a specific person, right? Um, masculinity for a, an eighth grader is going to look different from a, a 10th grader is going to look different from 25 year old to, you know, any age. So, but yeah, those general themes cut across and really looking, where is God in my life? Where, where is he calling me to go? And yeah, that's a really good, good start. Well, cool. This, this has been great. Um, so yeah, maybe we kind of wrap it up here and, uh, We'll see if anything comes from it. And, and if people have yeah. comments on this, I would love to hear that because this is such a broad spectrum and especially now. It's such a difficult question. It'd be fun yeah. to, to have some engagement on this. So yeah, Excellent. feminism and, and toxic masculinity and all these, these hard things. So that'd be great. But yeah, feel free to um, yeah like below, comment below, hit that subscribe button. Um, Check out Daniel's website, colorofthoughts.com and his podcast. Um, And yeah, feel free to shoot us an email with any questions or even video topics. That would be great. But thank you everyone for watching. God bless.